with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. We are live with you on a Wednesday. It took them up. Hour two of our five-hour morning, five morning sports conversation. Five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook 'em Up on 1019 AM 1260. Streaming on the Horn app. And we are now, I believe, back up and running if you'd like to watch our program. Nice. You can see Rod and myself and coming to you live from the South Austin Onion Creek Studios. You see my little man cave here. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Got my Astrozone picture going. Got my little... It's nice, man. It's it's a comfortable spot yeah, it's legit. Like to watch it. games. But... Uh, also, I don't know if our dog, my dog, might be making it on the screen here behind me. Uh, she she curls she's up next to there. us, Rod, she's for like, five hours every day. Yeah, she's just kicking it. Oh, Chelsea's the best, man. She just chills and she mm-hmm. she really likes Rod. That's a yeah, good thing. She nah, rocks it great. You can see she knows a good animal person when she meets one. <laughs> but she yeah. just chills and listens to the show, and hopefully you do the she same. Does. Yep, no doubt. She just uh, you know she may growl at a. I got the sh- the blinds closed, so she normally normally she'd be growling she's at like, uh, joggers. She's trying to be a guard dog. She's like, hey, I got to do something around here. She's only a foot tall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, we got a lot, man. We got a lot. And, yes, you can watch again on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, I think we got our audio issues resolved, but we're rolling with you. And we got a ton going on. We got pink slips being handed out in the NFL on the uh, coming out of trade deadline day in the NFL. Wow. Uh, we got the Rangers doing Ranger things last night. Rob, we had our What the Fact segment. Rangers won last night 11-7. to How about this? The Rangers, what they're doing is uh, for the firsts. First team in World Series history to score five-plus runs in consecutive innings of a single game. They did it in the second and the third last night. But to more importantly, Rod, Rangers are the first team in MLB postseason history to score five-plus runs with two outs in consecutive innings. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, two-out hits in baseball are backbreakers. Mm-hmm. It's like fourth-down conversions in football, Rod. Yeah. You've got a chance to get them off the field, and then they get a new set of downs. When you're playing postseason baseball and you've got a team with two outs and you've got a chance to get out of that frame with nothing on the board, that's all it's about is throwing up zeros mm-hmm. um, you know, nine times. And when you get to two outs, uh, at home especially, you just got to make a pitch. You got to roll it out. And back-to-back innings, the Rangers rallied for five runs with two outs. That's clutch. That is, and that's, but it's demoralizing to your opponents. It's yeah. just, it's soul crushing because you're like, dang it, we just need an out, and we still be in this game, and they couldn't get it last night. The Rangers have now won ten straight road games. That's the longest streak in postseason history. Uh, this is a special team doing special things. Corey Seager, his nineteenth career postseason home run, only Derek Jeter has more among shortstops with 20. Yeah. Marcus Simeon, who's been kind of quiet through the playoffs, he blew up last night. So, yeah, man. Uh, this could be a gentleman's sweep here, man, honestly. It could be pretty – I mean, just the way it's – I'm not going to try to jinx it. Sorry, Rangers fans. But oh, it, the Rangers are just looking – I agree with you. They're looking like they're steamrolling right now. And like you said, I love the point you brought up, though, how demoralizing those five-run innings are well, in, the, in the fashion in which it went down. It's, you know, I, it, 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 well, Vegas had them as a – I don't know if it was a heavy favorite. But they were heavy favorites. Yeah, yeah, you know what Well, I mean? and I think that's to your awesome. point, though. I think this is a young Diamondbacks team that they can be demoralized. Like, you know, the Astros were able to take the best punch and rally, rally back because yeah, they've been they, here they so got many times. DNA. Yeah. yeah, and the Rangers still beat them uh, both times. That's I'm how impressed the Rangers are. Yeah, that's how impressed <laughs> the Rangers are. But I don't know that – the the, uh, the 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 Diamondbacks have that, and like last night could have been, that could have been the the neck breaker, you I'm know, just you. like oh my gosh, yeah, uh, because the, it thing got out of hand because it was a bullpen game, and because every, neither neither team starting pitcher was going to go very far, and the Rangers were coming into that game kind of off out of a downer that Adolis Garcia had to be taken off the playoff roster, meaning he won't play again. With that, I mean he. 
be healthy by next week, but that's not going to help the Rangers. Uh, season's going to be over. So he's off the roster. Max Scherzer's off the roster. So that could have been – instead, the Rangers just up and pounded him. Uh, and, you know, that can be the sole, sole sucker out of the uh, Diamondbacks there. We'll see. They'll play again tonight. And don't jinx it, though. Ranger fans no. are not going to celebrate no, until they, it's the final out of the final inning. No, you're right, because Rangers fans were stressed it even last night. I know because they had a big lead, but then I guess they made it interesting at least because that score would indicate uh, that it was pretty close, but it was not as close as that score. It, it'll be yeah. over tonight. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll say it. Ooh, okay, hold on, hold on, that. hold on. No, I, I feel I feel a gentleman sweep too. I do. I feel it coming. I, I do too. It. Yeah, I feel it, man. Uh, and I will tell you, and you can document it. I, I texted my good buddy, my biggest Ranger fan that I know. Uh, he and I go back and forth with Astro Ranger stuff, but it, there's some respect to it too. But uh, I, I, when the, before the first pitch was thrown, I, I wrote him sweep. Because I felt the same thing. I felt, and then of course they up and lost game two. Game two, yeah. And then after they had come back and win game one, I was like, okay, this is for sure a sweep. Well, then they lose <laughs> Saturday night. I'm like, well, maybe not. Well, now they're just a lot better just, than the yeah. Diamondbacks, and the Astros better. were their best competition, and yep. they were able to thwart that and uh, take down the Strohs, which was uh, such a great series. So, uh, props to the Rangers. Uh, we're talking Texas football. Let's get to those other headlines, other top stories. There are plenty of them, including uh, the first coach and general manager fired in the NFL during the regular season has come down overnight. Headlines, top stories brought to you by Top Gun, Reynolds and Lawn Equipment. Yeah, it's happened overnight. The Raiders coming off that miserable performance on Monday Night Football in Detroit have fired head coach Josh McDaniels and their general manager Dave Ziegler. Mark Davis, the team owner, issued a statement saying they have been relieved of their duties. Antonio Pierce has been named the team's interim coach. NFL yesterday, flurry of trades ahead of the trade deadline as we anticipated. San Francisco 49ers made the biggest splash once again. Of course, last year they swung the deal for Christian McCaffrey. Yesterday they sent a third-round compensation pick to Washington for the number two overall pick in the 2020 draft. Defensive end Chase Young, he was the defensive rookie of the year as a rookie, battled some injuries, uh, playing the final year of his contract. Earlier in the day, the Chicago Bears sent a 2024 second-round pick to Washington for the commander's other young pass rusher, Montez Sweat. The Detroit Lions bolstered their wide receiver room, sending a sixth-round pick to Cleveland for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Vikings added quarterback Josh Dobbs from Arizona for a sixth-round pick. Over in the AFC, the Bills snagged cornerback Rasul Douglas for a third-round pick in Jacksonville, bolstered their interior offensive line by adding guard Ezra Cleveland from Minnesota for a sixth. College football first edition of the college football playoff rankings revealed last night. Undefeated Ohio State slotted at the top of the four-team field. Three more unbeatens round out the top four with the two-time reigning champs Georgia followed by Michigan, then Florida State. Washington comes in at five. One loss, Oregon is at six. Just ahead of Texas, who checks in at seven in the initial CFP rankings. They're the highest-ranked team in the Big 12. Alabama, OU, and Ole Miss round out the top ten. Also out of the Big 12, Kansas and Oak State come in at 21 and 22, followed by the Longhorns' opponent this Saturday at DKR, the Kansas State Wildcats, who check in at number 23. What a game that should be. A light night in the NBA, only three games, but what a game for the Spurs. They were down 20 in the third quarter in Phoenix, rallied to win the game 150. 114 started with a putback by Victor Wimbanyama and then a strip steal by Keldon Johnson of Kevin Durant and a layup with one second to go. Uh, Spurs steal a win in Phoenix by a point on one of three games in the NBA last night. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Did you see Wimby's creepy Halloween costume? No. Dressed as Slender Man? Oh, that's good. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> oh, man, it was, like, genuinely creepy. Like, you, I mean, it, he looked 
I mean, obviously because of his uh, frame, but he he had like the mask on. I mean, it was it was legit. I'm not gonna lie, I'll give him credit. It was a really freaky, creepy costume. The, My man. the fictional supernatural character. Oh, yeah, it was good. I don't know if you've ever seen the. the I think it's a Sunday Man movie. If I'm not mistaken. I think it started out as like a online viral thing, and I think it turned into a movie. But anyway, if you haven't seen Sunday Man, just go Google it. You'll know what I'm talking about, and Says, then you'll agree. I would, I would, I would trust your judgment on that. Yeah. I do like seeing, you know, LeBron James dressed up as Beetlejuice. These guys that can afford to pay like a professional yeah, out in yeah, Hollywood yeah, too. Yeah, you yeah. can pay right. like a professional yeah. stylist no, right. yeah. to do all your makeup. You know, the movie people basically oh, yeah. the same people. To oh do yeah, it. yeah. It's nice because uh, if you're a Hollywood person, man, you're not just gonna go down to the uh, party pig or whatever it's called in Party City. Yeah. and get a thing off the rack. You're gonna have because you got to show out. Yeah, no doubt. No, you're right. I actually, I'm with you. I kind of enjoy that that they actually go out. You got the money to do it. Um, it's not that much of an inconvenience for you, and you get you get to go viral. You can you know, yeah. put it out there. On yeah, well, that's what you're trying to do, right? Yeah. You're, you're trying to oh you know, man, look at look at so and so. Yeah. Uh, this says E, go ahead and walk to Dallas for this championship. Not happening. Not happening. Nah, cause I'm actually e, rooting e, for the Rangers. I was gonna say E was, and he's smart enough. He never made that 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 bet. No, I did not. No, I did not. <laughs> he he saw the Jerry Jones thing coming decades away, but <laughs> before anybody else. But this one, he you know, he's always you've always admired the Rangers just because of the Nolan Ryan connection you've had. Correct. Well, and I admiration for the I never had hatred for the Rangers yeah. because for most of my upbringing, they were in the other league, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, we never fought. We the Astros never faced the Rangers, and the rivalry was not never this heated. This and even never. when they went to interleague play, it was just a couple games a year, and it wasn't that big a deal. Uh, and then, yeah, as you said, I mean, my favorite. I have a son named Nolan. If you're watching Twitch, Jersey, you maybe you can see the, the Nolan Ryan jersey in the yeah, Astrodome behind me. I grew up going to the Astrodome to watch Nolan Ryan pitch, and uh, have a huge. He's one of my you know, favorite athletes of all time, and I've gotten to meet Nolan, got to know the Ryan family. So when Nolan became the owner of the Rangers. And Reed, I mean, I was just, you know, gosh, went to spring training many times. So I do not hate the Rangers as much as Ty hates it when I say go Rangers. Uh, but, you know, it is odd to be an Astros fan and a Rangers fan now. I mean, I may have to choose, Rod. At this point, oh, when well. the Rangers bring home the World Series and keep it in Texas no, for back-to-back years, I may – no, you're, you're not, you're not choice, But I'm never going to. You made your choice. You got the Astrodome. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I may have to cut any allegiance to the Rangers. You know what I'm saying? I may have to just go. Uh, no, you can. No, no, no. Okay. Not, you don't have to do that. No, I, I will not. I'm not talking about you know, picking from one to the other. Not at all. Uh, I'm talking about the Astros. I'm still in, uh, in on the Astros. It's just now that's going to be much more heated. And But my, mine's always just been, again, I rooted for the Rangers when Nolan was there. Uh, I wanted them to win the World Series in 2011. I wanted them to bring that home, and it was you know, heartbreaking when they didn't. Not as much as for a diehard Ranger fan, but uh, crushing. But, uh, yeah, this, this is fun. This is a good team. And uh, Astros will, you know. I'm hearing, by the way, for our Astro fans out there, that Joe Espada is the leader to be the new Astro um, manager. Uh, he was the bench coach for Dusty Baker. Uh, and some even indications maybe they would have announced it, just they don't want to, you know, the, the MLB's big on not trying to make headlines and take away from the World Series. Uh, but we'll see. Joe Espada, and I think it would be a real good hire. I think the, the locker room loves him. And uh, and he, he, you know, he's not Dusty Baker, but the players know him and he knows them uh, via, I don't want to say safe, but I think the right hire at this point for the Astros instead of going outside the organization as talented as they are. They got, um, I mean, it's the, the arms race, when the Rangers win this series, the arms race between those two squads is about to go to another level because now you're talking about back-to-back championships between those two squads at any rivalry, in any level of sports, no matter where it is, that's rare. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but it's rare. Yeah, we went about, through them. Yeah, it's very rare for it to happen. Bam Auburn and did it. means that both of these teams are now playing at the highest possible level and their heated rivals. 
Oh man, this thing is is about to be uh, lit as a young. Folks. And I think uh, we don't know what these gonna. You know, Jim Crane is competitive as anybody. Oh, the owner of the Astros, so yeah, he's not gonna man. back down to it. No and, doubt. Uh, I still think you know. It's gonna be fun. Apologies to and again. Somebody said thanks for the jinx, guys. No, no. Uh, they, no. Look, I think. It's, a, it's, a, it's inevitable now, and we apologize if the Look Diamondbacks reel off three straight victories here and steal the thing. But, uh, you know, stranger things have happened, but it would be way if outside. That, the... If that happens, then I'll admit that, Rangers, you guys are cursed. Because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a Houston sports fan, so I'll admit for a while Houston sports felt cursed. Cursed. <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways. When you talk about the Rockets, are you talking about the Oilers or the Texans? So, hey, I, 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 can, I can spot a curse, a sports curse, a mile away. Rangers are far from it. You guys are good. All right? I think the Rangers are taking care of business. They've, they've, they've fought through and persevered this season through a lot of adversity. Um, I think that's actually helped them build a lot of good character. Hey, and coming up, uh, bottom of the hour, Rod, we'll talk about the uh, dismissal of Josh McDaniel in Vegas and then, of course, the trade deadline in the NFL. Uh, all the contenders in the NFC did something uh, yesterday or this week leading into the deadline. Cowboys did not. As Jerry Jones said uh, openly last Tuesday, we're good. We're, we're probably not going to make a move unless somebody calls us. Cowboys did not make a move, uh, but everyone else did. Philadelphia, San Francisco with a splash move. Detroit uh, made a move. Seattle made a move. So we'll get to that coming up and uh, give some grades out. But uh, right now it's time to get Rod's rants of the 7 o'clock hour. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, actually, I want to get into the Josh McDaniels uh, midseason firing, he and the uh, general manager as well. And it does just, in my, in my opinion, it, it confirms one of my theories, at least to me, one of my theories about NFL coaches and about the Belichick coaching tree, period. Now, the Belichick coaching tree is a disaster in the at the NFL level. All right, you know Nick Saban's on that tree too, but we're talking about the NFL level here. And Nick Saban at the NFL level, you know, I always say essentially you're talking about two different sports in a sense with talent acquisition. Schematically, not as much anymore, but with talent acquisition and talent development and different rules in the CBA, it's just you're basically dealing with two different sports, and it and, and it's very very tough. All right, to be successful at both the college and the pro level, even though we've seen it. That's why people love what Jim Harbaugh's done. He's one of the few uh, that can do it. But I digress. Uh, the coaching tree for the Bill, for Bill Belichick at the NFL level with Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell and now Josh McDaniels, his second failed experiment as a head coach. Uh, your Eric Mangini, the Matt Patricia. Don't forget about that. Um, oh, man, I almost forget about the uh, – the the G Giants uh, experiment with uh, the uh, special teams coach Joe. What is his name? I forget. Uh, but there have been tons of these guys, right? Over and over again, you see the experiment for the Belichick coaching tree fail miserably at the NFL level. And here's my theory on it. And as, as a matter of fact, the best coach from the Belichick coaching tree, and I don't, he's given credit for being on the Belichick coaching tree when in reality he's not. Is is Mike Vrabel? Mike Vrabel's not actually on the Belichick coaching tree. He's a player from the Belichick coaching tree. And I'll tell you why that matters here in a second when I break down my theory. Here's why Bill Belichick coaches are – they're not bad coaches. 
but they're not they're not going to be the, the the coaches that most of these owners expect them to be, which is a Belichick light coach. <laughs> All right, that can that can come anything close to resembling the success of Bill Belichick. Number one, because you don't have Tom freaking Brady. All right, that's just number one. We all get that. Even now, that is a pretty obvious that even Bill Belichick, his legacy very different without Tom Brady. All right, and actually his legacy is taking a hit um, because along longer he coaches without Tom Brady, I think the more he's exposed and people think that Belichick was more the, he was the Robin in that situation and Tom Brady was the Batman. But getting to it, this is why I think ultimately Bill Belichick's coaching tree has been so unsuccessful. Bill Belichick is by nature a very private, covert individual. Even his kind of as a natural, he mumbles to the media, doesn't like talking to the media at all. Um, He very rarely gives you any type of insight or information. So he's, you know, keeps everything close to the vest. He's very private and not only in his personal life, but he's very private as a coach, too. And he operates in a very clandestine fashion. Remember, we still don't know. And neither does. Anybody else in the organization, not Matt Patricia, who's the D coordinator at the time, not Tom Brady, who is the GOAT and the leader on that team in the locker room. Nobody knows why Malcolm Butler was benched before the Super Bowl. Nobody has any idea. Guy was benched before the Super Bowl, was the starting corner. Belichick did it for whatever reason he wanted to do it for. It, and Malcolm Butler didn't know. Teammates didn't know. Nobody, still to this day, nobody knows. <laughs> uh, that's just the way he operates, right? Um, you, only, you only know enough to execute your job. That's how Bill Belichick operates at the top of that, uh, the hierarchy, because he's the head coach and he's also the, the GM and he, he, he has all control. That's the Patriot way is pretty much whatever Belichick decides. And he, he famously has a playbook, like a kind of amorphous blob of different concepts that he's collected throughout the years that he does not share. That he famously has shown people, but he won't share it with other coaches because that's how private he is and how covert he, he is about how he handles his business. And famously, we don't have to tell you that, you know, obviously Spygate shows you that um, he is into uh, espionage and he's, he's a big, this is true, he's a big fan of military strategy and military history. He, he, he studied it and talks as one of his favorite things is military strategy, military history. The military is very uh, covert, clandestine, those things, terms that I brought up. He operates that way. The, even Spygate is an example of that. He had a library of illicit surveillance videos of different teams, that kind of stuff. With that being said, and nothing, by the way, that led to a lot of success for the Patriots, so I'm not saying that that was a bad thing for them, but it's a bad thing when it comes to coaching development because we, what coaches need is other coaches to share information with them. They need them to be a guy that shares a lot of information, to be an open book, to be, to be very communicative, to, 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 to come talk to them and teach them lessons. Bill Belichick does not do that. He gives you just enough information for you to execute your job because he was very paranoid about other teams poaching his coaches and then getting all his information and all his data and all of his philosophy as a coach. And he didn't want to share that with everybody. So he didn't even share all of it with his coaches either. 
and that's why coaches who are very open and who are uh, who do share and very forthcoming with their coaches, but also as individuals, as a person. I mean, Bill Parcells' coaching tree is awesome. Right, Bill Belichick's on that coaching tree. Sean Payton's on that coaching tree. Tom Coughlin was on that coaching tree. That was a that's a very successful coaching tree for Bill Parcells. But Bill Parcells, I mean, the guy loved the media. He held court with the media, dropped a lot of jokes. He wrote books, wrote a New York Times bestseller. Um, he also was uh, in the booth as well as a you know a, an analyst as well so this is a guy that we know bill parcells pretty well and how he operates because bill parcells was you know he was one of those guys that was out there and he would put himself out there and i think he shared a lot of information not only with the media and with everyone else but also with his coaches so his coaches were able to soak that up bill walsh famously we all know bill walsh right he wrote a ton of books he was a broadcaster as well uh he was a public speaker and, and spoke at different universities and he was huge about sharing information coaching clinics um bill walsh his, fa- his, his coaching tree is probably the most famous coaching tree, right? You're talking about um, whether you're talking about you know Mike Shanahan and George Seifert and Sam Weish and you know Mike Holmgren. You can go on and on with the Bill Walsh coaching tree, and Andy Reid's coaching tree is a really impressive coaching tree. John Harbaugh's on that coaching tree. Doug Peterson, Sean McDermott's on that coaching tree. But Andy Reid famously also shares a lot of information. Open book is willing to talk to whoever whoever coaches want to sit down with him and they want to siphon information. He's, you know, notoriously pretty open about that and is one of those guys that's pretty generous with his time and with his information that he has. Belichick is not like that. In NFL circles, he's not like that. He's not like that with the media. And he's not like that in his own locker room within his own organization. And I think that hurts his ability to develop coaches because they never have as much information and they never learned as many lessons and they never uh, siphoned as much of that philosophy as you think they did because he ain't giving it to them. He's trying to take it to his grave. And that's one of the things that makes his coaching tree so bad. Well, and it's been found again. And you mentioned Vrabel. Vrabel actually started coaching in Houston after he wasn't exactly. playing, right? And he wasn't even a player. I and mean, that's the thing about it. He knows the Belichick and Co- the Patriot way from the other side, from the player side. He's like, man, I ain't doing it like that. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, that comes <laughs> down to the basic in really any industry. Are you a mentor or are you just the boss, right? I mean, that's yeah, really. exactly. Uh, and Andy Reid's an absolute mentor uh, for coaches. He wants coaches to rise. I mean, coaches are teachers at the end of the day. Um, you know, but, you know, Bill Belichick, uh, more of a leader. Uh, more of yeah. just the uh, the general. And it's worked, but yeah, and you're right. I mean, he you know, to his military background, he grew up on in Annapolis. His father was a football coach at Navy. Yeah, and that's where he grew up, learning the game of football while learning military history. And very secretive. Oh, sure. About secrets. Too. Well, I've always said about Belichick. You know, he'll, I mean, when you start writing his bio when it's over, mm-hmm. whether he's the greatest of all time or not, you know, his ability to come his 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 unbelievable. My knowledge of football and the X's and O's of the game with that military background. And you know that uh, he, he went on to get two economics degrees, Rod. He's oh, a yeah. double major in economics. So he's a, he's a brilliant man. No one ever yeah, understood yeah. the – no no one is because, – because, look, how do you keep a dynasty in the salary cap era? It's economics. I mean, you don't you – don't, these aren't players. These are assets. And how do you value each asset? And how do you get the most and maximize your 53-person roster? Uh, no one better than Bill Belichick uh, at understanding all of that, bringing football together with the economics of the game – 
because it wasn't like back when Bill Walsh was coaching when you kept your team together for a decade uh, with free agency uh, and the way the league was built and the salary cap. You, you had to constantly evolve your roster and no one better than Bill Belichick. And he had a quarterback who was willing to take a lot less money for a long time uh, to help b- build that roster. So good stuff right there. Josh McDaniel out in Vegas. Dave Ziegler, the GM, out. I uh, feel like there was about to be a mutiny of that locker room if you heard Devontae Adams after the game Monday. He was on Rich Eisen's show on Monday, too, before the game. Uh, that locker room was about to turn, or maybe they had already turned on Josh McDaniels, so I don't think Mark Davis had much of a choice. So we'll talk more about that. Trade deadline, Longhorns at number seven in the first college football playoff rankings. Hit some bullish or BS, including, was that really Connor Stallions on the Central Michigan sidelines? Wow. At a game scouting Michigan State? That would be a new level of covert. Uh, details coming in bullish or BS. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook up with Ian Rod B. Rolls on. So much to uh, discuss, including Rod's thoughts on Bill Belichick, coaching tree disciple, and that uh, now includes Josh McDaniel, who's now a two-time failure as a head coach. Of course, had that Denver opportunity that uh, went really bad. Rolled the dice on Tebow. How about uh, that one? Oh, man. And you just know, I, I actually... I know you know people close to that Denver organization, too, and I did at the time, and they, they just said it was terrible. Toxic, uh, you know, yeah. leadership style. And, exactly. Uh, you'd think he'd come back with a new, fresh approach. Apparently did not. And I'll say this about Josh McDaniel, and it's not our top story, but it's a story you just mentioned. To go in there and, you know, the year after Rich Basaccia took over for John Gruden and took them to the playoffs, won 10 ball games. Derek Carr became the leader of the locker room. Mm-hmm. Within two or three games last year to already sour on Derek Carr, who had gotten a big contract in the offseason. I mean, I, I remember sitting here doing this saying, well, what's, what's Mark Davis thinking? I just gave this guy big money. We were in the playoffs. You're souring on the quarterback that we agreed was our quarterback. Uh, what's our, what's, you know, don't make it about you, man. Uh, make it about this team. Just because you don't like him or he's not your your guy, uh, that's bad. And obviously it's led to this, and you invest in Jimmy Garoppolo, who's terrible. Um, oh, he's been so bad. So bad Man, with you them. see Jimmy, Jimmy without, a, without a Shanahan. Or, you know what? Josh McDaniels had him in New England, but New England, different culture there, though. Well, that's Tom Brady, Tom Brady and Bill Brady Belichick. And Bill Belichick, Belichick yeah, so yeah. easy to input and insert him there just, and have success. But you're right about that. I mean, the, I forgot about the Versace thing. That, they probably should They've had 12 coaches, I believe, in the last 20 years, E. Yeah. So for you to act like you couldn't give Rich Passaccia a chance, yeah. you, know, you could have just gave him a chance and fired him after two years, and then, trust me, Josh McDaniels would have been there. He wasn't going nowhere. Well, and it's in <laughs> Vegas now. It's not in Oakland. This should be a sexy job. Um, uh, oh, it is. Cause, and now uh, Tom Brady's a part of the no, ownership. No, because Jim Harbaugh may also be looking at Jim Vegas. Harbaugh. Uh-huh. We'll get to that in Bullisher BS. There's yeah. a new uh, – there's new video evidence, photo evidence of uh, oh, yeah. problems for Michigan. We'll ask the question of Bullish or BS. Is Michigan being dinged already for this sign-stealing scandal that's going on? They're number three in the first college football playoff rankings. The Longhorns are seven. Also, for Longhorn fans, Rod will go behind the burn orange curtain again next hour. And also at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, Rod, we're going to talk to, uh, to uh, Tim Fitzgerald, who covers K-State for Go Power Cat, uh, their 24-7 site. We'll get the, the 411 on this K-State team, what has been the key to their turnaround from a couple of early losses and now playing like uh, um, you know, bullish, one of the best teams in the Big 12. So we'll, we've got a lot to do on our show today. Uh, but let me mention the trade deadline. And uh, the Cowboys didn't do anything. I mean, this Jerry Jones was right on this. I mean, some thought maybe he was playing coy, but not the case. But it is significant to me that everybody else in and around, he did make a deal. 
every team that's currently in the playoffs right now in the seven top seven teams in the NFC, every team did something before the trade deadline except the Cowboys. So those four words, we like our guys. We like our guys. Uh, we like our guys. Well, yeah. look, I mean, the like biggest move was made by the 49ers. Well, I mean, we'll find out over the course of the next two months what the biggest move made was made because, you know, Kevin Byard with the Eagles coming in to play safety for them could be really big. It's huge. Uh, now, he just got there last week, and they beat the Washington Commanders, but Sam Howell kind of lit them up for, you know, a four-touchdown game. Uh, what the Eagles are trying to do is, is play the Cowboys Sunday at home and then get into their bye week, and then they can get Byard kind of installed into their system, and he's a really high-end safety who, you know, starred in Tennessee. He's in Tennessee, so he's not a household name, but you know the defensive back position. He's a really good player Yeah, uh, at a a need position for them. The Niners then turned around and uh, sent a a third-round compensatory pick that they're going to get for the loss of Mike McGlinchey in free agency last year. They're going to send that to Washington for Chase Young. And, you know, we can get into whether it's a rental and they can sign him long term. It don't matter. You're going to have – when they come back off their bye week, because Niners are now into the off week, when they come back – playing Jacksonville a week from Sunday, they're going to have a defensive line that features Nick Boza, Chase Young, Eric Armstead, um, gosh, Javon Hargrave, who they signed away from Philadelphia in free agency. Randy Gregory is a situational player for them. They got Javon Kinlaw, too. And obviously they've lost three straight games. So San Francisco's trying to stem the tide. Yeah, Javon Kinlaw's on that D-line. You know, Chase Young's a big-time player. Uh, but, you know, he's got five sacks this year. And, you know, they, they don't need him to be Nick Boza. They need him to be another piece to a pass rush. And, look, this move is not for the Jacksonville game in two weeks. This game for them is for January. Yeah, they're trying. They're, they're thinking about, you know, the playoffs right now. They are long-term. They, 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 they would like home field advantage, but they may not get it now. Now, it's a different, <laughs> different conversation now. They've lost three to one. They may not get home field advantage. Uh, they, if they don't, they still got to be ready for that playoff run. They yeah. easily have the most talented roster, in my opinion, just looking at it across the board. If it's healthy, uh, I think this is them doubling down on something they already do as an organization. They stockpile pass rushers. They always have. On the well, you wonder. I don't know. Them. Well, look, to acquire Christian McCaffrey last year this time was the splash move, and it put them – and I still believe if their quarterbacks hadn't gotten hurt, they, they would have beaten the Eagles in that playoff game, and they would have been in the Super Bowl last year if Brock Purdy stays healthy. They believe but, it you know, we'll never know that. Uh, that but that, that happened. But the move wasn't, doesn't mean the move wasn't right because it was the missing piece to the Shano offense, as you've talked about, with Christian McCaffrey. And he's now scored a touchdown in 17 consecutive games, uh, which is now an NFL record. Uh, it's been a great fit. Uh, we'll see with Chase Young. My question is under the salary cap, how can they – because they just gave Nick Boza the mega deal. Because Chase Young's going into free agency. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's you – know, Nick Boza earned a mega deal. He was the defensive player of the year. Chase Young, since his rookie year where he was defensive rookie of the year, he had an injury. He just hasn't been as dynamic. So maybe if you're the Niners and you're – um, you know, John Lynch, the general manager, thinking, you know, let's make this move for a third round. I mean, remember, third round compensatory picks are picks between the third and the fourth round. So it's really, yeah. you know, late. You know, you're talking about picks 90 to 110 ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave up that pick to get the number two overall prospect coming out just three or four years ago. Good uh, value. If and, could, and could we sign him? to an undermarket value, an undermarket deal because he hasn't performed to that level. And now we've got Boza and Chase Young. They were teammates at Ohio State uh, not too long ago with Ken Law and that whole D-line. We'll see. But for, so they're kind of thinking the same thing. For now, January and into the playoffs, and then 
uh, the long term, maybe we re-sign him, maybe we don't, that they could still franchise tag him, Rod. They could. <laughs> they could still franchise tag him. Yeah. That's what getting control of the player means because now you have him, and, yeah, it's going to cost you, but, you know, that's what, what, what capologists are for. I just think it's a bold move. Uh, Washington also sent their other young pass rusher. I thought they would for sure trade one of the two, and they traded both of them. Mm. Uh, the Bears sent uh, Montez Sweat to, to Chicago for a second-round pick, which seems like the Bears are like, wait a second. They got him for a third. We got him for a second. Come on now. Uh, but the Bears want to invest in this player. They're already working on a long-term deal for Montez Sweat, who is a really good player. Uh, Cowboys see him twice a year. They know how good he is. Eagles fans know how good that guy is. He's a really good player. Uh, Vikings are interesting. They added Joshua Dobbs. Now, you know, whether it's going to be Joshua Dobbs or this young kid out of BYU replacing Kirk Cousins, we'll see. But clearly in Arizona, they're moving on to Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray, Rod. Uh, they've, I know. I think that's a bad decision by them, but we'll see. Yeah, they, they make a lot of bad decisions. But they're one and six or one and seven right yeah, now. Why would and, you bring them back? I don't know. What's would, the point? Uh, I'd let them get to, to get to the off season. But uh, Josh Dobbs, who they brought in from Pittsburgh, right before the season started, that's when Colt McCoy got released. Has now been sent to Arizona or to Minnesota, where he has a chance to maybe play with a pretty dynamic offense if the young guy isn't ready to go. Uh, Bills, this was big. The Bills, when they lost Tredavious White, they lost one of their best corners. They went and got Rasul Douglas for a third-round pick from Green Bay who can come in and help their secondary. And Jacksonville picked up a guard named Ezra Cleveland for the interior of their O-line. So it seems like all – I mean, the Buffalo, Jacksonville, Detroit, San Francisco, uh, all these contenders. uh, Philadelphia made a move, making moves to try to bolster, and the Cowboys did not. Uh, I'm surprised the Kansas City Chiefs didn't make another move. I know they they brought in McCole Hardeman, so they technically made a move too. Um, but I'm surprised they didn't make another move at wide receiver, another splash. But there are reports, I believe the New York Post reported, that there were multiple inquiries from teams, uh, the, the Jets included being one of them because that's what they were talking about, that uh, made inquiries about Mike Evans um, and also about Devontae Adams. And apparently – they were not available. Not available. They were not available. Well, so I mean, I think the, I mean, the Devontae Adams things now so, make sense. So because, maybe Kansas City did inquire. My point is about Mike Evans, and they were like, nah, he's not available. Yeah, no. well, agreed. Uh, and, well, of course, Baker Mayfield. Because, I mean, that, that's what – you know, I said this yesterday, and, I, and you, you agreed with me. I, to me, the deadline needs to move back three weeks to a month. The NFL's trade deadline is too early. Uh, it's, right, it right is, here, yeah. it's right here in the middle of the season. They've extended the season to 17 games. You know, I think the trade deadline would be more active if they would do it right before Thanksgiving or something when teams really know. Because if you're in Tampa, you know, you can't, you, if, you're, if you're the general manager and you're trying to help out your coach, you can't trade the best receiver when they're sitting there right in the division race. I mean, yeah. the division is, I mean, you go into the offseason, you go into the season thinking, can we win our division and make the tournament? Yep. That's the goal. Well, Tampa Bay is firmly in the mix to make the tournament. They play Houston this week. Uh, it's tough to tell your coach, you know, we're in it with you and then trade the best receiver. Well, and now you coach the locker room. The whole locker room. Well, locker that's room right. That's, like, to me, like, vis-a-vis, that's the locker room. Like, what the hell? Yeah, what, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, but who knows, three weeks from now, a month from now, I'm of the argument that uh, first, you know, end of November should be the trade deadline in the NFL because they play in early January now. I don't. I think you'd get more activity, just my opinion. I'd also say this, that the – I mean, the Mark Davis decision speaks for itself. Devontae Adams wasn't available because we're firing this coach. 
and we're going to hire someone who's going to – we paid this guy for a reason. Yeah. We're going to hire a better coach that yeah. can get along with our best players. And it seems like it's going to be an offensive mind, um, I think, too, just because all their best – because they got and, – Antonio Pierce is the interim coach there, yeah. and he's actually doing a decent job. He's a linebacker's coach, I believe, but their defense actually is playing pretty well. They got some standouts on defense. Well, you, the offense is – they're 30th and 31st in total and scoring offense in the NFL. And Josh McDaniels is an offensive guy, and, and he's got, got weapons. All pro, you got an all-pro wide receiver an all-pro running back. There's no excuse And, and on that. Monday Night Football, your quarterback completed 10 passes total in a football oh, game, in a 60-minute football game. Yes. Your highly paid quarterback with an all-pro receiver. Yeah. A, the all-pro receiver caught one pass. But it's not just him. They've got uh, – um, gosh, who's the, the kid that they brought in from, from New England? Um, oh, uh, the quarterback? A receiver. I mean, they got Hunter oh, Wentz. Yes, right. They've right. got uh, Myers. Uh, Jacoby Myers. They've got. I mean, they've got players there. Um, but yes, that was the, that was the end. And I think the, the the locker room is ready for a change. And Josh McDaniel out. But that's why Devontae Adams wasn't available. But you're. You I mean if we're talking about the Cowboys? The Chiefs also didn't make a move. Yeah, and the Chiefs. They made that McCole hard in a little bit. Yeah, McCole was a couple weeks ago. I know. I, I'm with you. They should have made a move. I I, I think that's a, that was a mistake by them. But they they may have. Like I said, they may have reached out and teams just weren't you know willing to make. Yeah, it a takes move. two to tango without a doubt all right so those are the moves made and uh you know cowboys are you know, right there with eagles acquiring all pro safety um 49ers we'll acquire week. a great pass we'll rusher. see this week cowboys if you like you like your guys is paying off yeah because well and, and as we've said the cowboys have blown out a lot of teams and been completely dominant but those teams are like a combined 12 and 24 the teams that they've blown out uh, the one team you played that's really good is San Francisco, and they beat your doors off. Now you're playing a 7-1 team this week. You're right. This is another litmus test game. That outlier is that Arizona game. It's like, how would you lose to Arizona? That's, that one, that one that stings. Happened. Yeah, I don't know what that Because they, hey, they haven't won the, any other games. A lot of the NFL has that kind of loss, though, now. So you shouldn't feel too bad, Cowboys fans. Now, you know, 49ers got one of those. The Eagles got one of those. A lot of teams. The Bills got one of those. A lot of teams got that. Hell, the, 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 the Kansas City Chiefs just got theirs. Yeah, the Broncos. With the Broncos. Yeah, well, <laughs> That, that what the loss? Like what the? What yeah. was that? Only thing you say about that is it's been forever, but it's still a division opponent, so they're kind of built true. to beat you. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I guess it, it just is. It's what you are as the Cowboys. There's there's no doubt at their best. They're really really good. But which Cowboys are? It's the box of chocolates from Forrest Gump. Which one are you getting? If you get the really good one on Sunday, the really good Dak that's that's Ooh. hitting CD Lamb, that's, big uh, Dak energy. That's what uh, but they're going to be dealing with a heck of a pass rush uh, from the from the Philadelphia Eagles, and now yes, maybe sir. an improved secondary with Kevin Byard. All right, we come back. When we do, it's bullish or BS. Was Connor Stallions on the sidelines of Central Michigan oh, scouting man. a Michigan opponent? Come on, what level of this? Uh, um, you know, covert operations are we talking about? <laughs> Details coming on. Hook 'em up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Bullish or BS coming to you live from the uh, home headquarters here in South Austin. And uh, as we look out the window here, Rod, at the uh, Onion Creek Golf Course, hole number 13 north. A little frost on the pumpkin this morning. A little uh, little frost on the greens and the fairways. Chilly this morning. Yes, it is. So grab a coat. Oh, man, it was, I'm running like three layers now. Got a hood on and everything. Still got to get it done, but, oh, yeah, it's cold out there. The 38 morning. degrees right now. We, uh, it's a little, a little frost warning here going on out at the uh, the old OC. Uh, 60 will be your high temperature today, but by game day and Saturday for the Longhorns, we're looking at 77 and Ooh, sunny. That's perfect. And that'll be the high, so it'll be about 70-ish right when the game kicks oh, off. That's, that's nice, man. That's perfect. That's so if you're headed out to your uh, tailgates and all that go on on Saturday, it's an early kick, and, 
You too know, early. Too early. For a ranked matchup. Come on, man. Well, and that's the problem. We, we had this last year with the Alabama game. When Fox has your game. Uh, that's true. That's their window. When Fox, remember, yeah. they rotate week to week, and yeah. they almost do like draft picks. They pick it. Um, but, yeah, I'm not bullish on that, that it's an 11 o'clock game. But the Alabama game is the same way. When Fox has the first pick and they're going to take the best game, they're going to put it at 11. Uh, that's the big yeah. noon thing. They've invested a lot of dollars into that show. They're trying to compete with College Game Day, which – they're not, they're not they're really not, but they're trying. Yeah, and they I get feel it. like big picture with the big when they you know take the Big Ten and uh, you know expanded Big expanded Ten. Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be their game of the week, and because we know forever now, the SEC's biggest game of the week has been the two thirty window, mm-hmm. uh, that middle of the day two thirty kick, if not a primetime game. Um, but that's Fox's deal is you know because then once they leave the eleven o'clock window or noon window on the East Coast, they go regional with the games that are at 2.30 yeah. and at night, uh, where, you know, ABC can, you know, ABC's the same way, but uh, they also would, that would, this would be a primetime game for ABC. Oh, man. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. It shouldn't be 11 a.m., but I get it, like you said. Logistically, but you know what? it works for them. It's only, what's one of two remaining tailgates, so load up the coolers and the Bud Lights and uh, get everything out there, be there by 7.30, 8 o'clock, and uh, it'll be perfect weather. Yeah. Uh, right they have not that. announced the uh, the Longhorn City Limits music act yet, but usually if at 11 o'clock, it's going to be after the game. No, oh, yeah. They're going to do it after, but okay. we'll get that because Nick Shuley will be That'll in here be, with Settler. That might be dropping today. Usually, that, I think that, usually after our show on a Wednesday yeah, is when they announce it. Toward the end of the show, it does, yeah. CBO, hip us to it. Hey, uh, Ty, can you play some audio? I sent you the, the head coach of Central Michigan, Central Michigan on the uh, Twitter machine there. Uh, I want you to, to see what this, this is because this is the Jim McElwain. Now, look, some fo- this is bullish or BS, Rod. Some photos surfaced that might be the Michigan staffer Connor Stallions in attendance on the sidelines wearing Central Michigan gear, a hat and a, and a pullover, mm-hmm. uh, and scouting and looking across the way at Michigan State. Got some sun, some sunglasses on. Yeah, he's kind of looking, he's looking you know, incognito. He's looking shady. Uh, if, if Allegedly, if that's him. Here is Jim McElwain, the head coach of the Central Michigan Eagles, when asked about, hey, was that Connor Stallions, the Michigan staffer on your sidelines? Yeah, before we go any farther, um, We've obviously are aware of a picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. Um, you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Um, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it uh, in any way, shape, or form. And uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Um, now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. Um, and, again, uh, you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. Man. Okay, so you know what he didn't say? He didn't say, oh, no, that's Joe. That's our that's our quality control guy, Joe. That's not Connor Stallions. It's pretty clearly it's Connor Stallions. So which he's, means, talking, he's doing damage control of how did he get there. Which means, they, yeah, exactly. They don't know who it is. And if they come out and say it's not Connor Stallions, then you have to identify who the person is in the photo then. We're yeah. going to know want to know who that person well, is. Well, the easy so, thing would have been, oh, no, no, that, that, you know, he may look like him, but that's our guy. That's, 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 that's somebody so on so. our staff. And they didn't he know didn't that. He didn't say route. that. Yeah, and he, like I said, they didn't say, oh, that's not Connor Stallions, because if you say that, then you've got to say, the next question will be, okay, so who is it then? Yeah, I'm with you. They, they're researching it right now to find out who it is, and they're praying and hoping to God 
it's not Connor Stallions on their sideline. And honestly, uh, right now, it's it, it looks like it is. Okay. It so, looks like it is. So here's the next level of uh, the espionage. Wow. So people would say, well, well how do you get onto the sidelines? Well, well listen, that's, that's pretty easy, actually. It is. Yes. And, and, and the, the sidelines, which you've been on, I've been on the sidelines, Rod, many times. Right people. Yeah, yeah. you got to know one person who gets you on a pass list, and then you're on the sidelines. Once yeah. you're on the sidelines, no one really bothers with you. Nope. No one's and, got the pass. And then if you look the part, you know, what do they say when you're trying to sneak into something? Just act, act like, like you belong. Act like you belong, man. And, you know, everybody's doing their job. They're not worried about this this guy just standing there. And no, because you could be important. So they're not going to mess with you because <laughs> if you're really important out there, there's a reason you're on the sideline. If you're really important, like a booster or a donor yeah. or some politician or something, and then you go out there and you offend them in some regard, you might get fired. Right? So that's why they leave you alone on the sideline. They assume you must be important. Well, <laughs> there's disappointed a that we, here we are on Wednesday and the Big Ten has made no statement about this uh they're gonna allow michigan to keep playing i guess uh but you know that that's scouting a different opponent it's one thing to be in the stands and be recording it's another thing to be on the sidelines if he is indeed on the sidelines and, if and that's him, central michigan was playing michigan state and that was the whole point who michigan just played yeah before their bye week um and so yeah it's right now it says crazy he had a vb uh, badge on um, and CMU Athletics Director Amy Folan released a statement um, saying that the VB pass allows access to an area between the 20 yard lines for a certain amount of people for each game um, but that was how about, how about, how about Jim McElwain the coach uh, you know, in before a- we go too far I want to mention I know there's a picture floating around of the sign stealer guy <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah the no but, but how is this how is it possible that he that jim McElwain, the most obscure of all kind of college football coaches has been involved now with two infamous photos scandals and conspiracy theories remember he was the he was the coach they thought was in the photo with the shark you remember this the shark photo no they thought it was jim McElwain. Which oh, shark? that went viral. You remember this, Ty? I'm not making this up, am I? I don't remember the shark thing. Oh, you don't remember this? There was a man who was naked in a uh, naked, butt naked on top of a shark on a boat, and everybody thought it was Jim McElwain. He had to address it. Former Alabama to, assistant. He had to tell the media, "No, that was not me." I'm butt look naked that up. on top of the shark. I don't really need to see a butt, butt ass naked man on a shark, but I, look, I need to know this story. It looks like Jim McElwain. I've forgotten. All right, we'll be back. We roll on. It's our five hour conversation every morning here on Hook 'Em Up. More on the Longhorns at number seven trade deadline in the NFL and a coach fired in the National Football League plus the Rangers are a win away from a championship. What are the 